What the heck is up, everybody? This is Untitled. We are back. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd. It is Thanksgiving Eve, guys. Whole lot to talk about today. If I'm being quite honest, we have a mansion of content we got to try to get through, and there is nobody better to help me get through besides my friend, dear friend of mine, good friend of the shows as well. Man, if you go over to Central Iowa, this guy is the best fucking medical device salesman known <laughs> to man. Former teammate of mine. We got Gage Thompson on the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be here, man. Thanks for having me on, Travis. You know, I'm just happy to talk ball and, and talk current events and just get after it, brother. <laughs> we are happy to have you on. The people have been calling, Gadget. The yeah. people have been calling. Not surprised. No surprise there, man. You know, I just bring the energy. It's electric when I come on, so. <laughs> That's right. Guys, we have a mansion of content, like I said. We have the uh, Super Bowl, the Super Bowl event revenge game for the Eagles. We're going to talk about that with the Chiefs. We're going to talk about Missouri's historic season, a season yeah. like no other. We have not seen this from the Tigers in quite a bit. We have a college football playoff ranking with a couple mm -hmm. shocks, a couple not-so-shocking situations, but that developed last night. Of course, as always, guys, we have to release Week 13's People's Top 10. Packers might be back. We are definitely in the hunt, as some people say. I'm, I'm all on Jordan Love these days, so just a lot to go through, and we're going to make sure we go through all of it. To start out, let's do the elephant in the room, Gage. Why don't we? Thanksgiving. Yeah. Great holiday. Great holiday. A lot of ball this year, especially the uh, Black Friday football game first ever. That's exciting stuff. Uh, wish it was a more fun matchup to watch. You know, that's going to make me want to claw my fucking eyes out, but I'm still going to watch it, obviously. Might have to place a bet here or there, but yeah. You know what? They teased us with that Monday game because there's a couple okay games going in on uh... – on Thanksgiving and even on Black Friday. But when you have a Super Bowl rematch the Monday before, there's nothing that really feels that satisfying. Now, I'm yeah. still going to eat. I'm going to clog my arteries with a bunch of fatty foods yep. and pies yeah. and all that and watch football. But uh, it's still – it was a – it's a big tease when you see that a Monday before the holidays. Yeah, they picked a, they picked a great Monday to go ahead and have that game. I had a lot of thoughts on that. We can dive into that particular game if you want to. But, uh, yeah, not necessarily the most exciting outcome, you know, but uh, it is what it is, as some would say. Yeah, we will dive right into that. Um, okay, so, Gage, what's going on with those wide receivers? Mahomes needs help, man. I mean, when you put a fucking – JV receiving core out on the football field against any NFL team, obviously you're going to have issues. But it seems as if in the big moments we don't have that guy that we've had in the past that Mahomes can rely on. And I feel like a lot of teams right now are, you know, focusing all of their defense on shutting down Travis Kelsey, which means Mahomes is actively having to target his other receivers. And that's an issue when your receivers can't catch a football. So... Yeah, I think there's a lot of issues right now. I, I think that the fact that we're 7-3, and three, all things considered, is still pretty impressive. 
Um, you know, a lot, still very optimistic about the year that we found a way to win some games. I don't think we've had terrible losses besides the Broncos loss earlier in the year. But, I mean, if we could just give Mahomes a little bit of a help, you know. MVS has to catch that ball at the end of the game. All of a sudden we win. We're 8-2 and two with a win against the Eagles. So it's like we're still putting ourselves in good positions to win ball games. We just need our receivers to start converting those passes. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole lot to say. You brought up about three points that I have an opinion on right away. The first thing I'm going to say as a Packer fan, this hits deep. I have seen exactly what MVS, Marquise Valdez-Scantling, is doing with you guys this year. He did yep. it all the time with Rodgers. He dropped touchdown passes, and he did it on prime time in a game that everybody's been kind of eyeballing since the schedule came out at the beginning of the season. It's unfortunate. It's you know That's got to break his mentality a bit. At some point... Patrick Mahomes has got to stop being such a nice guy. He's going out here yeah. going to press conferences after the game saying, you know what, I uh, I could have thrown him a little bit more perfect. Like, no, yeah. it's not no. I mean, first of all, it touched his hand. Second of all, he hardly broke stride. It's not like yeah. he had to go dive for that ball. He didn't no. throw him. He just slightly didn't have it perfect. You got to catch that ball as an NFL wide receiver. I mean, yeah, I think that, like you said, I, obviously Mahomes is taking that from a perspective of, you know, he's a great leader and he's the one that's, you know, captaining the ship. So I get where he's coming from with that, but you're right. I mean, you got to you gotta hold guys accountable. You know, if they're if they're in the league and they're supposed to be wide receivers that you can rely on, to some extent, you, at, there's a point in time where you have to stop being that guy and your wide receivers need to start taking accountability. So I think that's a big part of it. I don't know really what it's going to look like for it to change, and that's the issue that I have, you know, going into, like, we're getting late in the season, and it's been like this all year, and we barely, you know, scrape by some wins. So I think it's really concerning from that perspective because, like, we're obviously at this point in the season not changing our personnel. It's just going to have to be the guys that we currently have. They got to start, you know, they got to start doing something, man, to help him out. So, Absolutely. Now, what I'm going to do right here for you, uh, we haven't talked about the Chiefs nor Missouri as much as we usually would. There's been a lot of Viking guests on, and so we're going to deep dive the Chiefs right now, kind of recap their whole season. I'm going to do what I call a, uh, a compliment sandwich. Essentially, we got the compliment right in the middle, and I started with something bad. I'm going to say something good to you, and then I'm going to go back to, you know, you just lost this past week, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, right thank you middle, for bringing that back up, Travis. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, so your guys' defense is, is sexy this year. I, I think the Packers' defense is real stout, but you guys look at that. I mean, you're – blowing games but at the same time you won all but like a handful I mean you're winning most of your games and you look like one of the best teams week in and week out and you can tell that offense isn't there why is that it's because that defense I mean you guys got it right now yeah I'd say a big thing Nick Bolton being injured is obviously a huge blow for us um you know in our Super Bowl run Nick Nick Bolton was a, a large part of that defensively but, you know, we renegotiated Frank Clark's contract. Willie Gay is a stud. 
I mean, we got some really big players right now in defense that are making a lot of plays. The only thing that's concerning for me is some of the penalties uh, in our secondary. You know, Legereus Sneed has the most penalties on our defensive uh, defensive team. So that's a little bit concerning, but he's a very aggressive player. So I think Steve Spagnola, you know, is wanting him to be that guy, be aggressive. Um but yeah, I mean, our defense is the only thing that, you know, is really keeping us in, in games right now. And it never used to be like that. Ever since the Mahomes era, the Chiefs have always had, you know, an incredible offense. But the problem was that we couldn't stop anybody. And I can't remember what year it was specifically, but when we were in the AFC championship, it came down to a coin toss. And, you know, the opposing team got the ball first. And then we lost that game because of the fact that our offense didn't have it. So from that perspective, I think going into the you know the the postseason and the playoffs and stuff, our defense is solid, and that's something that we can't, we haven't been able to say in the past. So it really is just a few minor fixes for us to be a Super Bowl contender again. I think. You know, you guys got a fairly young defense too. I think the whole idea is we're trying to get through the Patrick Mahomes era and uh, realize that this dude. Though he seems superhuman, he's not. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be times where he's just going to start declining year after year. Now, why don't we give him as much of a youthful defense to try to work through that gap, essentially? So, I, I mean, it was, it was beautiful from a GM perspective, and it's starting to look like you guys will be dominant for years to come. It's just, will you maintain him? You know, rookie yeah. contracts, young, young guys are going to – potentially want money if they're being that good but uh it's a great idea right now and you guys i mean last year you joke and i i i kind of call you out on it sometimes you said you guys were counted out you were on your off year i don't think anybody expected you to you know not compete for a championship last year i think it's the same this year and it's just kind of a standard right now because of what you guys have built in the draft what you guys have developed throughout the years i mean it's it's I'm jealous. Well, I think, I think to a certain extent, you know, what you're kind of talking about, it's tough because it's like, you know, last year uh, we had Juju Smith Schuster, obviously, you know, it's a guy that's not necessarily one of the top receivers in the game, but he's a guy that, you know, has some veteran leadership in the wide receiver room um, and a guy that would catch big passes. And so I think that, you know, that's the frustrating part of it as a Chiefs fan for me is seeing, you know, we do have this great defense. Tyreek Hill leaving was the best thing for us because it freed up cap space. We weren't going to pay a guy that much. But I just – I really wish we could just get, like, one really solid wide receiver that's been in the league for a while that can just catch Pat. Like like a fucking – what's his name on the Cardinals? That he was on the Cardinals forever. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Like, dude, barely Larry ever dropped passes. Yeah. You know, he just never really dropped passes. His quarterbacks could always rely on him to make a big catch. So it's like, I think that's the thing in the past that Mahomes has always had is a receiver that's kind of a go-to guy just as like a worst-case scenario situation in a scramble. Um, so that's the concerning thing from that perspective. It's just it's like, man, if we had one guy, dude, I don't think we would have lost the game this year. And so we're, we're just a few catches away from making big plays and, and – doing that so that that's my two cents on that oh yeah absolutely now i gotta ask it man as a chiefs fan you know lifelong chiefs fan how you taking this whole taylor swift thing 
I think that the NFL is doing everything they can to monetize the situation. That being said, I understand it. You know, when you <laughs> shoot or shoot, you know, to a certain degree, I think that their relationship is great because every time Taylor Swift is in the building, it seems like Kelsey plays really well. So I'm all for it. If the chiefs are going to continue to do well while she's watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have much of a, much of a preference as to what goes on with that situation. I wish there were less commercials about it, but I also think it's good for Kelsey. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I respect that. Now coming from, how do I word this? Coming from maybe one of the most anti-Taylor Swift dudes in the world. Um, there's probably dudes that hate her more than I do. I'm realistic, and I just know that I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal guy. Always have been, always will be. So I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. So coming from me, I'm starting to wonder what was Travis Kelsey doing in Argentina last week and why couldn't he catch passes this week? I yeah, mean, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but uh, something something's going off a lot around over there. I think he, uh, I think he might have been lost in the sauce a little bit. Was this- uh, you know, I think that could have happened yeah. potentially. I don't know, man. I think, I think that I don't. As if it gets to the point where it's a distraction, then that that's an issue. You know, I think that. I mean, you got to understand too in that in that Eagles Chiefs game, man. It was pouring rain. You know, and it's like, dude, like at the end of the day, I mean, it is hard to catch a pass in the NFL when, you know, it's extremely wet like that. And the ball is wet when it's in the air. So, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like I didn't expect us to to, you know, really just have a bunch of completions. But it's also like, I mean, you got to have that dog in you. You know what I mean? And I feel like our guys didn't really have that dog in them. So that that's something that's, you know, concerning. You know, I'm not trying to dig too much into Travis Kelsey's private life, but I think that he overexerted himself a little bit too much during the bye week. I mean, you're going to Argentina, you're getting hotels with uh, worldwide pop singers. I mean, I, I'm just saying that a dude probably worked his hands a little too much this past weekend. I don't know, man. I'd like to disagree a little bit. I think that it's a John Kelsey situation. Because it's like, dude, we've always known Gronk was a big partier. You know what I mean? He's not going to stop drinking just because he's in season. And I feel like that's the kind of vibe that Kelsey's always brought to the team. It's like the dude's party animal. He's still going to shotgun beers two days before a game. And that's okay because he does what he does. You know what I mean? I would be more concerned if he was changing who he was. Um, But he's owning it. You know what I mean? He's owning it. He's authentically him. And that's something that I've respected about him. You know what? I never thought about it that way. Uh, whether I like or dislike Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey isn't uh, simping out for just a woman. He's himself. That's yeah, good. he wants to go to Argentina and pound some, thought about. pound some brutatas, man. Let him do it. You know what I mean? It's good for morale. Dude, yeah, dude's pounding something. That's for sure. <laughs> Put him on IR maybe a little bit of, a week or two. A little, bit of, a little bit of both, dude. <laughs> All right, that, I've hit my Taylor Swift capita for the day, my man. All right, Gage, so you have a, uh, a couple games left. What I'm going to do right now, I like to do this every once in a while. We get fans from different teams that don't normally come on this podcast. We're going to go through the schedule. Uh, right now you're, what, 7-3, and three, right? Yep. Oh. We are 7-3, and three. yeah. 
Oh, gotcha. Sorry, I think you cut out on my end. All right, so you're seven and three, and you got a couple games left. So I'm gonna go tell you who you're playing, where it's at, and you're gonna be realistic with me, and I'm gonna call you out on it if I disagree. You're gonna just say win or loss. Easy as that. Okay. Right. Let's do Easy it. Easy enough. All right. Chiefs, this next week, Raiders at Las Vegas. Win. Easy win, dude. The Raiders organization is just Seems falling right. through the ground. I just don't think that they have the front office right now to be able to win, yep. win football games. Seem rejuvenated, though. You know, yeah. there's something about firing a coach midseason that just gets the people ramped up and they're winning some games. And we know just how much Max Crosby loves to play Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but I think the QB1 superstar, Netflix yeah. star. I mean, to a certain extent, though, I think he it's actually detrimental to their organization for him to be doing that. It's like, don't poke the bear kind of a vibe. It's like, what you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to fucking piss off, like in the NBA, as for instance, I like to compare it to like the Dylan Brooks and LeBron James yeah. situation. It's like, why would you poke greatness like that? <laughs> you know, and that he did, everything that happened was because of him. So it's like, I think that that. Max Crosby brings out the best in Patrick Mahomes because it pisses him off. And he's so, so like centered normally that when he gets those games where a guy is talking a lot of, a lot of beef to him, it gets him riled up in a good way because then he starts making plays. So I'm all for Max Crosby talking that stuff, man. All right. Hey, be careful on this next one, Gage. You're going to Lambeau the following weekend to face the Packers. Yeah, projected score. I'm thinking 89 to 13 Chiefs. I think that's very reasonable. Um, you know, just based on what I've seen out of the season. Oh. Yeah, now Listen, you're regretting having me on the pod. Huh? Later, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying that I, you're wrong on that one. Packers are stealing one of their next two in their gauntlet of games. They got the, the Lions this next week. If we lose, we're beating the Chiefs at home. I mean, we're going to win one of the next two, and we're going to go on our way to the playoffs this year. Yeah, I, calling it. I'm just going to say it. Losing Thanksgiving because the Lions got a little something to play for. Beat the Chiefs at home. You know, I wouldn't that's be surprised loss. if that did I'm take place. I'm going to call it a loss on your schedule. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Packers are a weird team. Packers, yeah. are, pa Packers are a very hard team to watch this year, and Given what you usually watch on a normal Sunday, you're going to hate your life for those like, Probably. three hours that you have to watch Packer football because it's going to be brutal and it's going to yeah. be ugly. Oh, I don't doubt it. All right. All right. I'll take your word for it. You say win, I say loss. You got the Bills at home. So the Bills is a tough situation just because you never really know what Josh Allen's going to bring on a given day. I think it's a winnable game. Um, I think that the media coverage of the Bulls right or the Bills right now is kind of pissing them off to the point where they're they're you know starting to figure things out towards you know later in the season. Um, do I think that the Bills are overhyped in general? Absolutely. I think that uh, you know it's it's one of those teams that I don't know that they they get a little bit too much credit for my taste, but um, I think that's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be high scoring. Think we win by a field goal. Let me help you out. Bills suck. You guys win at home. Remember, it's at Arrowhead. You're getting a yep. get right game after losing to the Packers. Easy win. Yep. Uh, next game, you go to Gillette Stadium, face the Patriots. 
I mean, it's tough just because the Patriots are dog shit right now. So I'm going to have to go Chiefs on that one too. Horrible. Not even a close game. Yeah. Uh, then you go to Arrowhead, face the Raiders again. A lot of Las Vegas. Yeah, the Raiders, similar to the Broncos for me this year. I think we I think we win one as we should, and I think they get one. So whether that's the first one or the second one that we play them for the rest of the season, I think they're going to scrape one out just because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be shitty football. But I think they might find a way to beat us by a, a point or two. Okay. Well, that would stink for your Christmas. It's on December 25th if they beat you out on the road at yeah. Arrowhead. So yeah, we'll see. Next holiday, we have New Year's Eve. You guys face the Bengals at home as well. I think that's going to be a statement win. For us, um, I think that, you know, there's going to be, that's going to be a really hyped up game. I think, you know, being on prime time, losing to the Eagles, I think we're going to have some shit to prove. I hope Mahomes just cusses out his wide receiving team and just tells them either hit the road or get on board with what we're trying to do here. And I think that come to Jesus talk might potentially help us scrape one out against, against Burrow. Oh, Burrow's out, remember. Burrow's oh, that's right. He's hurt. Yep, that's right. Yeah, y'all are going to kick the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But this one could be a deceiving game. Th this next game, to finish off the season, January 7th, a warm game over in Los Angeles. You face the Chargers. That might be a weird game for you guys just because the Chargers aren't good, but they're not bad. Um, they're a team that will play within three points of everybody they play. So Chargers will probably be four and a half point underdogs if they haven't sold their season yet. Yeah, I think Justin Herbert's always kind of a wild card. Kind of gives me Josh Allen vibes in the sense that he could really go off in a game, but you don't really know what to expect. You know, if he if it's good if it's good Justin Herbert. Uh, then we might have some issues, but if it's, you know, the mediocre Justin Herbert, you sometimes see, I think we got a pretty good chance at that one. You call him win or loss? I think I'm going win. Okay, that's four lot. You have one more loss left in your prediction pool. So that is to the Raiders when you face the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Hold off, my man. That's, where, that's where I'm thinking, brother. All right. We heard it. All right. Hey, let's turn the page. I got just two more topics I want to talk about beforehand. Eagles, what do you think? Give a, give your honest take on those guys after seeing them again this past weekend. I think it's Super Bowl contender for sure. I think they might – they have a really good chance coming out of the East. So, I think – yeah, I think that's a good ball club. Um, I don't think there's any surprise there. People expected them to be good. They are good. Uh, they're just loaded with talent. So, I yeah, I, that's a good ball club. Super Bowl contenders for sure. Let me put it this way, and you can call me off if you think it's wrong. I thought the Chiefs outplayed them the entire game, and the Eagles won the ball game. I mean, this team, I don't foresee being a fan of a team from the NFC North, anybody that can compete with the Eagles this offseason. Um, yeah. My bad, in the postseason. So you could say Cowboys, but they're going to get bit. Those Cowboys are kind of frauds. Uh, yeah. MJ said it last week, I think, when we were talking about the Bills. He called the Bills frauds. Now, I've never been a Cowboy fan, and I don't think that they're that good. 
they just are kicking the shit out of very bad teams. And then they're pretty much hyping themselves up because they're beating teams so bad. You're like, oh, this is a good team. And then they face a a solid team and they just don't look the same. So I think they're frauds. And then you look outside of just, you know, the NFC East and you start seeing who can beat this team. I mean, Lions... I don't, there's something about the Lions where I'm just like, they've been bad for so long. They can't win a big game against the Eagles, right? And then you look a little bit elsewhere, you're like, nobody's in the South that can beat them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think they're coming out of the NFC for sure. The only argument I will hear out is the 49ers. The 49ers are tough, uh, but there's still something about Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy. And at this point in time, what are what are we to believe that Brock Purdy can win that quarter ball, quarterback matchup? Because we both know both defenses are stout. So it comes down to who's going to score the last point. And yeah. you're either going to say 49ers have more weapons or the Eagles have more talent, especially at the quarterback position. And it, it's tough, but I still like the Eagles in that matchup. I'm the same way. Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey's a stud. Um just absolutely killing it. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it's going to come down to a quarterback matchup late in the game. And I would just trust the veteran, you know, gameplay of Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy for sure. Yep. And now the topic I've been waiting 25 minutes to talk about. The Green Bay Packers are all the way back. I have bashed them multiple times in former recordings. I've had a hard time watching them a lot of different games this year. In fact, they've been a snooze fest. They have not been fun at all. But after this past weekend, we saw Jaden Reed get a little bit of action. We saw people step up after our starting running back, Aaron Jones, was out for the game. And uh, he will be out on tomorrow's matchup. They they play again tomorrow. That's awesome. more Packer football. They were a fun team to watch. And as a Packer fan who's had to bear through last year, even with Aaron Rodgers, having just no chemistry at all, working through this year, knowing going into the season, we got to be patient because this is not a team that's ready to win right now. Let me say a statistic that matters right now, Gage. Jordan Love is younger than me right now. He is about five months younger than I am. And I think I'm pretty fucking immature, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a lot better looking, too. I'll tell you that. Ah, <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. All right. <laughs> Outside of being younger by about five, four to five months than me, he has won four of his first ten football games. That is a statistically proven fact. Yep. Dude wins yep. ball games. Dude knows ball, it seems like. So, end of the day, that dude dude knows ball. End of the day, Jordan Love is getting it done. You could say, yeah, he has a great defense. Well, he also has a lot of wide receivers dropping his passes as well. And it doesn't hurt that Chargers had wide receivers dropping their balls as well. So, I mean, it, it evens out in the end. Say what you want. Chargers blew the game. I don't give a fuck. I think that's just a very Charger thing to do. They're doing what they always do, which is blow games and uh, give themselves hype that they might not deserve. Packers, under the radar team this year, never been a big market. All of a sudden, Jordan Love might be the guy. And I'm just going to say it. I think he is the guy again. 
I believe him again. Yep. I, I, I'm very impressed with him lately. I am. I'll give you that. I think that he has showed something that we didn't really expect to see out of him. Uh, but coming from someone that has no hatred towards the Packers, I do think it is kind of fun to see that after Rodgers. I was really rooting for the Packers to, to do something this year and to go out and, you know, kind of prove people wrong. So, Let me make sure that I'm on the same page. Packers aren't a Super Bowl contender this year. I'm not insanely batshit out of my mind. But this team could somehow make a wild card spot in the playoffs. It's not so, out of left field to say that. No, I think that's fair. That's a very so, fair statement. We'll leave it at that. Sounds good. Just honestly, let me be happy. Like, yeah. Let me let me have my week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that is about all I had for football. I mean, uh, I had a note on the Bills that they are very bad and they are not a threat. But do you, I mean, after bringing that game up to you, you still have a little bit of worry about them. That you have any thoughts on the Bills? So honestly, or the Ra- Ravens more than anything as a contender to take you out on your side of the, you know, yeah. the Definitely scared of the Ravens. I don't know. I mean, the Bills are starting to look like a poverty franchise. I just, I know that they're always in the conversation. So I like to, you know, just give them credit where credit's due. But even though they aren't necessarily winning games. uh, But yeah, the Ravens are scary, man. Lamar Jackson's an incredible quarterback. They got some really good talent, some quick players. Guys that are actually catching the fucking football. So, I mean, that's huge for them. So I think that the Ravens are a pretty, pretty scary team, you know, just the way that they've looked recently. Odell, my man. I mean, Odell's yeah. back, and he looks young. And they have that say flowers over in a little bit of dark purple. Looks, yep. It's a good color on him, I might add. Great color. Good color. So, Great yeah, color. they are something to worry about. I think so, uh, too. Harbaugh, I like him. I don't like his I don't like his brother, but uh, yeah. I like John. Johnny Boy's yeah. a good boy. So. All right. If you got nothing else, I will. Uh, we'll transition it over to college football. I'm going to release the people's top ten. Let's do it. All right, guys. We are at week thirteen, and I'm happy to announce that we have an even playing field again. I'm not trying to spoil the people's top ten, but we no longer have an undefeated team at the one spot. They finally went under. And, of course, I'm talking about the Louisiana State University Tigers. They couldn't do it. Jaden yep. Daniels, maybe not your favorite for Heisman anymore. Dude just can't go over like he should. All right. Let's not spoil anything else. Let's start from the top, guys. Introducing this week's College Football People's Top 10 Week 13. We've been listening all week, guys. We reviewed all the game footage, and we have approved this week's People's Top 10. At number 10. We have Georgia Tech joining for the first time all year. In fact, it might be their first time in college football people's top 10 history. Congratulations. Uh, not, they, they're, they're doing something, my man. 9-2 and two at the over. They beat Syracuse 31-22. 51.5 points were on the board for that game. This next weekend, they face Georgia. 60 points are on the board for that game as of when I checked. I think I checked them on Tuesday, so these lines might have all changed by now. 
So, uh, Georgia, big rivalry matchup. Can they do it? Let's see if they can last another week. At number nine, new entrance as well, we have Jacksonville State. First year in the FBS, make a wow. little bit of noise at the yeah. spread. These boys are these boys are eight, two, and one at the spread. They beat Louisiana Tech 56 to 17. Nine and a half point favorites in that game. And if you have at least gotten your elementary education, uh, my bad, elementary math degree, you uh, you would know that that's covering way over nine and a half points. This yep. next week, big matchup, you'll find out later. They're at New Mexico State. What was it? Uh, one and a half point underdogs in that game. At number eight, we have the Bruins out of UCLA, nine and two at the under. They beat USC 38 to 20. 62 and a half on that game. Can these Bruins go under for another game? We'll see. This next weekend, they face California. Another rivalry game. 52 points are on the board for that. Number seven, we have the historic Hawkeyes. Iowa is nine and two at the under this year. They beat Illinois 15 to 13. 33 points are on the board. If these boys have 30 points on the board, you can bet that they're going under. Absolutely. This next week, rivalry matchup at Lincoln, Nebraska, baby. 27 and a half points on the board for that game. At number six, we have uh, Arizona, 9-2 at the spread. They beat Utah 42-18, to two-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. This next weekend, they are going over to Arizona State as 12-and-a-half-point favorites. At number five, we got the Tigers. Tigers out of Memphis, though. Hold your horses on the LSU talk for a little bit. 9-2 at the over. They lost 34 to 38 to SMU. 64 points were on the board for that game. Slightly over. Uh, this next week, they are at Temple. 65 points on the board for that game. Seems a little low for the Tigers we've known to grow in love. We shall see. At number four, we have the real Miami. I am, of course, talking about Miami of Ohio. The Redbirds, 9-2 at the spread. They beat Buffalo 23-10, 7.5-point favorites in that game. Next week, they're at Ball State, 6.5-point favorites in that game. At number three, we have the other Tigers. Louisiana State University, 10-1 at the over, beat Georgia State 56-14. 75 points were on the board for that game. Under, first under of the year. You did it, Georgia State. That is, the people have been watching. Good job on that. Took them out of contention, and there's finally not an undefeated team this year. This next weekend, they face Texas A&M at home, 66 points in that game. At number two, we have the Aggies. Of course, I'm talking about the notable Aggies. New Mexico State, 9-2-1 at the spread. They beat the Auburn Tigers 31-10 as 25-point underdogs in that game. This next weekend, they're going on the road, and they are facing the number nine team in the people's top ten. Jacksonville State, can you do it? We'll see. Aggies are one-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. That is a people's top ten matchup, baby. And at number one, we have... The historic 
running Rebels, doing something nobody could have foreseen. We have UNLV 10-1 at the spread. They beat Air Force 31-27 as three-point underdogs. This next weekend, they go in and they face San Jose State. Pretty good matchup. Three-point favorites in that game at the moment. We listened. We approved. That is this week's college football. Week 13, people's top 10, baby. We did Love it. It was another great weekend in the book, and we look forward to rivalry week. Absolutely. Gage, question. How are you feeling about the Missouri Tigers right now? I mean, you know, who would have thought? It's just great to see it. Just great to finally be, a, you know, recognized as a football school in the SEC. Uh, second top the SEC East right now. Just looking great. I mean, two losses on the year. Both beat, both winnable games. We had a lead against LSU. Um, Georgia, we were marching down the field. Obviously, Brady Cook threw an interception. But uh, we had a chance to win that football game, too. So I'm extremely proud of the way that we've been playing. How about Cody Schrader? Starting out from a Division II football team, working his way up, becoming a walk-on on Mizzou, and having over a 1,000 rushing yards this year, man. That's been the biggest surprise yeah. for me. Uh, just really great to see a guy like that that's just been grinding his whole life just finally explode like that. So set the SEC record uh, for rushing and receiving yards in a single game. So that was that was a really cool experience. Uh, and then the thicker kicker, Money Mevis. Doing his thing yet again. The guy is an enigma. I cannot stress it enough. That dude is the best kicker to ever come through the state of Missouri. Uh, just incredible. So, got really a lot of things to be excited about. There is so much. I have actually uh, talked about the thicker kicker. I think he has the coolest NIL deal in college football right now. Amazing kicker. Ass like no other, cheeks yeah. of fucking thunder, if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you pair him and you, you talk about Schrader like you just did. The dude is a dog. He's a certified dog, Gage. And then you move in and you say, uh, let, let me just preface this and say that everybody knows that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver in college football right now. But oh, yeah. Holy fucking shit. You cannot talk about the top wide receivers in the country right now without talking about 19-year-old phenom Luther Burden. That dude is a dog like no other, Gage. I mean, there's a whole lot to be excited about future of this team and going into the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, Luther Burden is him. We've We've known it since he came on with the program last year. It was kind of a... Um, you know, an adjustment to playing college football, but the dude is just a stud. He's hitting 100 yard receiving games. Uh, he's getting touchdowns. It's opening up the field for us. Brady Cook's having a tremendous year, but Luther Burden's a real deal. I think he's going first round in the NFL if he decides to declare. Um, it's going to be a big year for the Tigers, man. Remind me, I might be wrong. He, he's got one more year left uh, for sure, doesn't he? Yep. Does yep. Luther Burden's a sophomore. Yep, yep. I thought he had to stay one more year, so you will for sure be getting him one more year. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a whole lot of people over in Missouri that are probably saying, hey, you know, uh, we'd love to see you for your senior year. I mean, Eli Drinkowitz, he's doing a misservice to Columbus. Uh, my bad. Uh, Como. 
let's just say Como, by not putting a little bit of money in that man's pockets. And it's going to happen one way or another. It's an SEC school now, and that's how they're raised. You got it. You got to, you know, you got to pay your guys. That's just the way that college football has come, um, you know. But, yeah, that's that's the talent that you, you got to keep. Um, he is a main part of the reason why our offense is so explosive. I think that, you know, he is just a, an integral part of our success as a football team this year, even from just the perspective of, what he does to open up our other tremendous receivers. You know, it's teams are looking at Luther Burden and saying, we got to shut him down. And it's opening up uh, looks for our other receivers that are good at catching the ball and, and, you know, getting extra yards after catch. So I think that even just having him on the football field opens up a lot of things for us. Um, and we can sp- expose some mismatches just because of the fact that teams are focusing on him so heavily. Now, I've been saying this multiple podcasts now. I think I've been saying it since about the middle of the season. Eli, Eli Drinkowitz has my vote for Coach of the Year this year. been saying it most of the year. That dude has done a phenomenal job. You look at his wins. You look at what he was coming into. This team was probably not thought to be more than a, a middle-of-the-pack bottom feeder of the SEC in their own division. This mm-hmm. team, they're not going to be able to win the division. But holy shit, look at where they started, look at where they're at, look at how teams have to prepare for them. I mean, holy shit, Gage, you guys just broke the top 10 in the college football rankings. I mean, that's incredible. This is this is an incredible coaching job, and there's only a handful of coaches that even should be in the discussion outside of Eli Drinkowitz. I do think Nick Saban has done an amazing job with what he's been given. It's been a lot of uh, improvements since honestly, week two or three. They lost to Texas. They have no idea what they're doing at quarterback, what Nick Saban's done to kind of get them back on the tracks. Phenomenal. But he has five-star recruits. Missouri has a few at minimum. And he, what he's working with to compete against Georgia, to com- you know, compete within this gauntlet that is the SEC, that is just phenomenal, man. Well, I mean, he deserves gotta look a at nomination. It. He deserves an award. You got to look at it from a perspective of he's getting guys to buy in. You know, obviously from the start when drink was pretty obvious, he was a really good recruiter. Um, but the thing that we were concerned as Mizzou fans is whether or not he could actually coach football. So I think that he's actually getting all of his guys to buy into what he's trying to accomplish at Mizzou. I think it's kind of that mentality. We have shit to prove as a program. Uh, you know, everybody likes to shit on us in the SEC. And so I think like him really getting the guys to buy in and say, we're a part of something bigger and we're trying to do some big things and prove to everybody that we belong. Uh, I think it's just, you know, it's just something we could have never imagined. And I, I think we're truly blessed to have him as a football coach. Yeah. yeah, And here's the thing. You guys got a couple new entrances, including myself, a little Texas Longhorn fan joining the SEC next year. Now you did this a decade ago. You know, you guys have been in the SEC, you know what it takes, you know, uh, kind of how to compete in that era, and you know how to recruit. Now there might be a little bit of uh, youthfulness with the Sooners and the Longhorns going into this. You guys don't need to win. You guys don't need to play catch-up. They need to catch up to you guys. Now you guys, along with potentially Texas A&M, can play a little bit of Big Brother. Say, hey, I, I remember when that was me. I was a little kid one day. You know, I remember my, I remember my first beer, essentially. 
You yeah. guys have a chance to play a little bit of Big Brother with these new Big 12 entrances. I hope it doesn't happen, but it might. Uh, yeah, I'd love that. I also think that there is potential, you know, with the way the Mizzou's been playing, that uh, we could see Oklahoma in a bowl game. Uh, so that'd be just a great, you know, way for them to come into the SEC next year. It's just for us to just blow them out in a bowl game. So I hope we get that opportunity, um, you know, like you said, to kind of big brother them in a bowl game and, and just show them what, what they can be expecting when they come to the SEC. <laughs> um, Gage, I'm, uh, I was going to talk about bowls here in a little bit. I looked at a couple, and there are a lot of quote-unquote experts saying that you're going to be facing Texas in the Cotton Bowl right now. Well, and if we do, we'd have to live stream that together, brother. Texas-Mizzou matchup. I think that <laughs> have to make happen. So, yeah, I'd look forward to talk shit after Mizzou beats you guys. That'd just be tremendous for me. So, really hopeful that that happens. Gage, if that happens, I don't think it will. I think there's a lot of people – I think it's a pretty even matchup. I'm just thinking there's going to be a handful of heads that are saying this is a future SEC matchup. Why not get a different variation in this bowl game? Let's make it a little more unique. Otherwise, you know, these guys are going to be playing each other pretty frequently. So why not mix it up this year? Uh, the one thing I'm going to say is if that matchup happens, I mean, I, I myself am going to be eyeballing plane tickets to go to Dallas, Texas to witness the Cotton Bowl myself. I, would, I mean, if that's a Missouri-Texas matchup, I mean, I'm, I'm eyeballing it at the minimum. Yeah, I would, I would go there. I'd meet up with you in Dallas. Uh, we, we have some close – Yeah, dude podcast that just moved to dallas so or austin area so we got we got some friends in the texas area um but yeah i'd love to yeah yeah shit i did hear that yeah i just saw him i was gonna get into the untitled bowl here in just a little bit but yeah that's right Uh, honestly you know it stinks to have him down there but being a texas fan having a buddy that's gonna be down in austin i mean it's not uh that's a great place to visit for me Love it, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got to bring it up. We had a big weekend. We had the Untitled Bowl. We previewed it last podcast. I had MJ on. We had my counterpart over down in our headquarters in Ames. And we had a ball. Now, I have a couple things to say, Gage. I think there is such thing as being too nice of a fan base when it comes to college football. I'm not saying you got to be a dickhead. I'm not going to say you got to be a douchebag. I'm just saying that there's something about if you're too nice to your opponents, the opponent just can't have fun. Me hanging out with a Texas Longhorn jersey all day, I mean, I was not expecting people to come over and say, I wish you the best. I mean, that's fucking bullshit. When we end up beating you later on, I feel bad. I mean, (laughs) have you ever had that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's fun when fan bases are awful. You know, it just makes it that much sweeter. Uh, when you do win games. So I think it's just one of those situations where it's, it's nice to, uh, you know, it's nice to have kind of, kind of that animosity between fan bases, just because it makes it a lot more fun when, when stuff happens your way. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's something about, there's a big, there's a good happy medium. I was hoping to mix. And when I come in walking with Texas gear, I mean, 
before I even got to Ames, I stopped at like a quick star. I got some beer. Well, technically, I got some Adam. <laughs> so I've been on those uh, lemonade. Yep. What are they called? Uh, John Daly. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I, I sound like Arnold an idiot Palmer. right now. Do you remember Arnold. what? Arnold Palmer's. I've been on those for a little while. And so I went and got some. I brought it over to check out over at Quick Star. I, I, I kind of like walked by. I was saying, hey, how's it going? And this dude, before I could even say anything, he's just like, hey, man, you're, you're wearing the wrong colors. And I'm like, ha, 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 you know, that, that's funny. And then he's just like, hey, man, you know, good luck today. I'm just like, no. <laughs> and then it's the same thing when I'm at the tailgate. You know, you get some horns down, but that's just all in play. Like, that's easy mm -hmm. thing to do to taunt me. That's cool. But then you get people that are just, like, way too nice. And it just – it made the win a little less satisfying because I'm like, God, I, I feel like a bad person for doing it to these people. But it had yeah. to be done. I get it, man. I do. Yeah. I also – this is kind I, of random. I, I didn't – Really related to the podcast, but I think our power went out. So I apologize for the fact that um, I look like I'm just a floating head right now. But that's that's what I got going on here. <laughs> Dude, I was kind of wondering about that. Yeah, I tried to turn on the lamps, but uh, yeah, we might have to wrap up just in the sense that I do not have power in this household. <laughs> yep. Yep. We will uh, we'll keep it moving, Gage. I got a couple things. I just wanted to talk about one or two more things real quick. Let's preview what's going to be an amazing rivalry college football weekend. Um, and I have a couple games, and I'll, I'll tell you the spreads of them. You don't have to say cover. I just want kind of your predictions, even if you don't know much about the team. Let, let, let's just discuss it. There's a big game that you obviously know I'm going to ask. There's a couple pretty notable games that some people might not be thinking about. First one, we got a two-point spread over in Lincoln, Nebraska, Gage. How are you feeling about the Hawkeyes coming into town? Two-point underdogs, already division champs. I mean, who would you put your money on this weekend? I'm going Iowa to beat that spread. Uh, I think that Iowa, I think Iowa's going to win by a field goal. I think the score's going to be 3-0. And, uh, yeah, mm. so bet on Iowa and the under. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's very important. Moving up in the people's top ten. If they do that, they're one more game towards the promised land, honestly. A couple things go their way. A couple teams don't cover. A couple people don't go over. Those boys are in the top five. All yep. right. I don't mind that. I do. Here's, here's my hope as uh, – just knowing Iowa already won the division, I would kind of like to see them lose this weekend. And hold up, Iowa fans, before you react. I would like to see them lose this weekend in a very close battle and then beat the winner of the game in the Big Ten Championship. I think that would make football so much more fun. I think so, too. I can see that happening. You know, it's always kind of a trap game when you go to Lincoln. Uh, it's, you know, you never really know what you're going to get, but the fan base there, they're always going to show up in numbers. So uh, it's going to be a tough one to win. All right. We'll do these other ones pretty quick, and then we'll spend a little more time on the last one. All right. Washington State, Washington. Uh, Washington comes in as it looks like right around 10-point favorites at the moment. Who do you – who would you think? Do you think it's going to be a close one at least? Reminder, it's at Washington. 
Yeah, I'd probably go Washington spread. Honestly, I think they might beat that. Rivalry games can be weird, though. We're already yeah. talking about Nebraska winning a football game. So, uh, I don't know, man. I like Washington looked good. It was versus a Colorado team this past week. But, uh, I mean, it was they're playing all right football. And I'd like to see a little bit of kind of Pac-12 committing a little bit of genocide within the conference, you know? So, yeah. all right. Florida State, Florida. This is an interesting one. Jordan Travis, starting quarterback for Florida State, is out for the year. He is most likely going pro. He is no longer going to be a Seminole. And they go on the road to the swamp. Now, Gage, you just got a good look at what Florida's got. How are you feeling about this team? I mean, they, they got some dogs, man. I think that, that you know, I think they're going to surprise some people. I don't think Florida State's going to hit the spread, whatever the spread's at, but um, you know, obviously Florida showed that they can contend with a with a good football team. So I think that they still got some fight left in them. I, I could imagine them coming pretty close to winning, but I still think FSU might pull that off. All right, Florida State is six and a half point favorites in that game. And I'm gonna say Florida money line. Florida's gonna win this football game at home at the swamp. They're gonna Florida State just does not have the chemistry. Right now, they're one man down. They already are outside of the top four. I think that can fuck with their heads a little bit. Florida wins this game. Florida State goes back and wins the ACC. Florida State is out. And then college football and playoff committee. They know Florida State's probably not getting in with a loss, but that makes everything real tough with a couple of things going different ways. Yeah. All right, I'm going to throw a little bit of a softball question at you, Gage. We got Missouri, Arkansas this next week. Um, what's the spread on that one? You know top of the dome? No, I don't. Missouri I, 9. I just get scared of Arkansas, man. It's always a trap game. A little bit of a rivalry there in the SEC. So, um, you know, it's concerning. Uh, you know, obviously we've done everything we did to put ourselves in a good position this year, but I think that Arkansas would love nothing more. Uh, than to finish our year off with the loss. So I uh, hope we can pull it off. But, yeah, definitely going to be a nail-biter, I think. I still think Mizzou will come. Yep. Uh, Missouri, Missouri's nine-point favorites in that game right now. So I honestly, if I was going to bet this game, which I probably won't, I'd probably take the Razorbacks. But I do think you guys are going to win the football game. And then you're just looking at bowl season after that. So Yep. All right, this is the question. This is what social media is buzzing about. We have the game. We have Ohio State, number two in the college football playoff rankings versus number three, Michigan. Michigan, without their head coach on the sidelines, plays a home game versus Ohio State. Michigan has been clobbering teams. They have not been playing teams that are very good, like Ohio State has, but they have been clobbering them. Ohio State, a little bit of light coming in. Kyle McCord's kind of getting his groove going on against everybody. But uh, what do you think, Engage? Right now, Ohio State is underdogs in this game by about three points. I'm taking Ohio What's your thoughts? Go Bucks. That's what I think, brother. I'm thinking so, too. Ohio State doesn't only win this football game. They win this football game by 13 points. Not 14, 
They win by 13. There's a couple times where Michigan's able to stop them, but Michigan doesn't score double digits in the first half. I'm calling it right now. I'm going to clip this, and when I'm right, when this game happens this weekend, I think it is Saturday at noon or something, uh, if I remember right. I'm probably wrong. Fact check me, guys. Don't, don't <laughs> yell at me for being wrong on this. But Michigan will not score double digits in the first half. They will be held under probably 20 points in this game, too. So I could see it. Go I'm all on the Bucks. All on the Bucks. Uh, all right, Gage. Anything else you wanted to bring up while I got you on? No, nah, man. Appreciate you know. Obviously, like you said, good friend of the podcast, better friend to you. Um, but I appreciate the opportunity to come on, talk some ball with you, talk some current events, and uh, I had a blast, man. Hope to come on again soon. Absolutely, my man. Gage, I've been waiting to have you on. It's uh, it's a privilege to have you on. You're an entertainer. Former podcaster, maybe we'll bring that Craft Brew Collective back. Uh, if you do yes, want to stay tuned, I'm an avid listener of that as well. But keep selling that medical devices. Keep getting this world breathing. Keep the world turning, my man. You're doing wonderful things over there. And we appreciate you popping on and letting the people listen to you for a little while. Will do. Thank you, Untitled Podcast. Thank you, Traff, for being a great host. Uh, appreciate it. It's been a blast, man. And, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up soon, brother. Thank you. All right, for everybody listening, eat some turkey this weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. It's a great holiday. In my opinion, they're top four right behind a couple other drinking holidays. If your team plays this weekend, I hope they win, guys, unless they're Texas Tech. If you have any parlays, if you have any bets you place this weekend over rivalry weekend, I hope they hit. Everybody, have a good weekend. Thanks, Josh.